0: Pauline, give me some of your tots. Raven's egg, blood of a hen. A I ate his liver with some father beans. Nice Chianti. Humble pan fry, deep fry, stir fry. Yummy! Hey guys, welcome to another episode of The Cooking Show. I am your host, Bob, and we are coming out of Pennsylvania's premier hunting season, antlered, rifle, you know, deer season. I don't want to say like, oh, deer season's over because then you have somebody who's like, oh, you know, I'm going up to camp for muzzleloader next month or, you know, (laughs) like there's a lot of, there's a lot of auxiliary hunting seasons that are not, that don't necessarily overlap with rifled deer, but... The point is, there are a lot of people that have a deer hanging from last week, or have large format cuts in the freezer from the week before. And, you know, it, I'm not going to say it's not a waste, necessarily, but it can feel like you're not utilizing the harvest to its fullest potential if you kind of take that meat as just the back straps and a bunch of ground venison or jerky or whatever, you know, having the large format cuts, shoulder, leg, it's uh, ribs, etc., it can be a little difficult to... Uh, to use those from a culinary perspective, especially if you live in a household where not everybody is as big of a fan of the flavor of venison as you are. So when I was uh, looking at my large pile of vacuum-sealed cuts of venison that I was putting in the freezer, I was trying to think what culinary traditions around the world are most apt for employing to, to turn venison into something that is more broadly enjoyed by the American palate, <laughs> I guess. And the one that stood out was like Middle Eastern cuisine, where they focus a lot on lamb and, and goat, because venison is very similar to lamb and goat in texture and flavor and size, all those kind of things. So I look through the larder and I have a a ceramic tagine and that's what we're going to make. We're going to make basically what would be like a lamb tagine or goat tagine and I'm using uh, a venison leg or a half of a venison leg more or less. We only need about two pounds. So I trimmed up a deboned venison leg and took off like the, the connective tissue and some of the uh, subcutaneous fat and stuff that was still adhered to that to get a nice lean chunk of meat that we can use to make this tagine. Now, what is tagine? Well, on one hand, it is the name of the dish itself lamb tagine but on the other hand it's the cooking vessel which is a ceramic kind of like a dutch oven i guess you would say uh it has a deep base on it where you put all the food that's going to braise and that has a conical lid that goes on it and you know with ceramics they have a, a slow uptake of thermal energy but then a slow release so it takes a while to heat up but then it radiates that heat back in very evenly over a long period of time and with your tagines you can cook with them on a bed of charcoal, on a gas stove. If you use an electric stove, usually you'll use a either a ceramic or a cast iron diffuser to kind of slow down the heat absorption into the base and to release that over a period of time. Or you can do it in an oven. You can do it in a regular, uh, you know, American style uh, range oven or wall oven. Or, you know, sometimes they'll throw them into those, uh, those deep well tandoori ovens. But the point is, then you put your protein and some vegetables and whatever in the bottom with a little bit of liquid, you put the lid on, and then you put this into the the heating environment, whether it's the oven or the stovetop or whatever. And the moisture that kind of uh, the steam that is produced in the cooking uh, rises up into the cone of the tagine and it condenses and then precipitates back down onto the meat so that you get this nice long, slow, moist, braising environment. Now, if you don't have a tagine, there are a couple of alternatives that you can use. I'll put a link to one. I don't know. I'll probably find one in Amazon or something. I'm not sure exactly where I got mine. But if you don't have one, you can use uh, a Dutch oven, a heavy stainless steel pot. Really, you could even use like a terracotta flower pot if it has a base and you can invert the top to create sort of a dome effect. But it's not... You know it's not like it's really it it doesn't hinge on your possession of an actual tagine you can use all kinds of other cooking vessels i'm using the tagine because it's attractive it's a nice little it's a serving vessel it looks cool it kind of (laughs) kind of puts you in touch with a with an old world way of cooking but we'll go through the recipe here you can use you could use lamb you can use use goat obviously i used uh, venison if you are using lamb or goat or even beef, you kind of want to, like, look for stew meat cut in roughly one-inch cubes. That'll be nice. A lot of these types of cooking, once you get into the old world and into the Asia, the Middle East or whatever, um, a lot of the stuff is prepared kind of in bite-sized pieces already so that uh, when it's served uh, communally, you, everybody can... Uh, dine on that with either uh, unleavened bread or rice or couscous or whatever for the grain component, kind of the bed upon which this is served. We're using uh, quinoa cooked in chicken stock, but you, like I said, you could use rice, you could use couscous, whatever. All right, so take a look at the show notes. You'll see the the plain text recipe for this, as well as a link to some sort of a tagine type of thing if you want to go shopping i think i got that for my wife several years ago for whichever anniversary was the ceramics anniversary so we've had that in the larder for a couple of years it was nice to use we'll also have the link to the imager album with like the photographs this isn't like a very involved recipe not a lot of steps the biggest component is a fairly extensive spice kit that goes into like the dry marinade of our venison or your goat or your lamb or whatever all right so take a look at that and uh, if you have a big hunk of deer meat to lay in there that you're like ah what am i supposed to do with this <laughs> um, this would be a good alternative to just either making more jerky or grinding it for burgers or meatloaf or chili or something like that All right so we're going to be working with approximately two pounds of venison and like i said i cleaned that up cut off like the membrane sliced in the strips and then cut it into like i said roughly one inch cubes very clean very dense just pure muscle and also a well-worked muscle so it has a lot of that gamey venison flavor that we will mitigate with this uh with this spice kit you get that into a big mixing bowl, add about three tablespoons of olive oil and toss the meat with that so that it is completely coated with the oil. And then we have our spice kit, which we can gather. Uh, you can put it directly into the meat or you can gather it on a plate, mix it all together and then put it in there. But this will um, consist of two tablespoons of paprika, a teaspoon of ground cinnamon. This cinnamon flavor is really going to kind of settle into the background. It's not a very cinnamon-forward dish, which seems weird. I mean, putting a, a, a teaspoon of ground cinnamon in there, you'd think, "Wow, this is going to taste like gingerbread cookies or something like that." It won't. So, one teaspoon of ground cinnamon, a teaspoon of kosher salt, three tables of a tea. I'm sorry, three, three quarters of a teaspoon of garlic powder three quarters of a teaspoon of coriander ground a half teaspoon of cumin also ground a half teaspoon of cardamom also ground half half teaspoon of ground ginger a quarter teaspoon of turmeric a quarter teaspoon of cayenne pepper a quarter teaspoon of ground cloves a a pinch of saffron threads and if you don't want to spend a lot of money on saffron Uh, See if you can find dry rosebud flowers. Um, That's what I had. I thought I have, I mean, I know I have saffron somewhere. I just couldn't find it. But I have this big jar of dried rose petals. So I threw that in there and it was very nice. It, It smells beautiful and nice color and very whimsical. A couple of small to medium onions. If they're medium, cut them into like one inch cubes. If they're small enough, you can leave those whole. We'll use five carrots just cut into thirds so that they can fit where they need to go. Three cloves of fresh garlic, a tablespoon of freshly grated ginger, one uh, the zest of one lemon. You can use uh, one can of chicken stock, you know, 12 ounces, 14 ounces of chicken stock, something like that. A tablespoon of dr- tomato paste. And if you're using tomato paste, that's fine. If not, I mean, we dehydrate our garden tomatoes to make like a tomato powder. I used a tablespoon of that as opposed to the paste, a tablespoon of honey, and then you can use a tablespoon of either cornstarch or arrowroot powder, which is what I used, whatever. So mix together all the dry spices. This would be the paprika, cinnamon, salt, garlic, coriander, cumin, cardamom, ginger, turmeric, pepper. Uh, cloves and saffron or rose petals, mix that all together. That is your spice kit. Dump that into the venison, lamb, goat, whatever you have there, and toss it until it's completely coated. This will give it the appearance of, hmm, it'll be red. It'll be very much like barbecue potato chips. <laughs> and it'll, it'll it'll actually smell somewhat like that. It'll have a little bit of a, a sweeter smell because of... The cardamom, the clove, the cinnamon, stuff like that, but with the with the um, with the cumin and the the paprika and stuff, it'll have a nice savory undertone to it. Um, but toss that all together, and then either either let that marinate for like eight hours or overnight. Or if you want to cut a little bit of time off of that, you can vacuum seal that and cut that marination time down to like two hours. But I vac sealed it, threw it in the fridge, two hours. The vacuum, like the the negative pressure there, will draw a lot of that seasoning into the venison and get it uh, flavored throughout. But yeah, if otherwise, you want to marinate that overnight. Then what we want to do is we want to brown our meat first before it goes into the tagine for the braising. I just used a cast iron pan with a copious amount of olive oil. You want a lot of olive oil. The olive oil, on one hand, it is a cooking medium, but also... It's sort of the fat that will be infused with all these flavors and it will keep everything moist and simmering away in the bottom of that tagine. So we're going to th- dump everything into a, a large, flat, heavy-bottomed pan and brown it on all sides, maybe about five minutes on high heat to get a little bit of a crust, and then we can kill the heat on that. In our tagine, if you're using one or Dutch oven or heavy bottom pan or whatever, add a little bit of olive oil to the bottom of that. And then put your carrots down in a bed on the bottom. We're going to rest all the meat on top of the bed of carrots. Now, you can put your onions in here also. What I did, I had like three small to small-medium onions that I wrapped in aluminum foil with a little bit of olive oil, salt and pepper, and put those in the oven with the tagine so it could cook in parallel with that. Because I wanted the sweetness of the onions, like kind of like that fresh, sweet, moist, like oniony flavor on the side, as opposed to kind of just broken down into the sauce and distributed through the rest of the tagine. So in my tagine, I just have olive oil, um, a little bit of chicken stock, not like that whole 14-ounce can of chicken stock. The carrots and the meat, and then I put that into a 350-degree oven for an hour and then cut the, the heat down to 300 degrees for two additional hours after that. Three hours on this moderate heat, this moist environment, will be enough to really tenderize that ven- those venison cubes and make them very palatable and a nice mouthfeel if you want to go longer you could keep it at 300 the whole time and to like four to six hours if you want it to be almost like a pot roast think of it as like a middle eastern pot roast with that fall apart meat but i i wanted more of a uh of a uh, sturdier mouth feel with these venison cubes oh also i did kind of throw in two of my um dried lemon slices kind of preserved lemon if you have if you have Preserved lemons like Meyer lemons in a jar, like a salty brine. You can use those. I use the, the the dried lemon slices, or you can just omit it altogether. It's not really that big of a deal. But you throw it in the oven for, like I said, three to six hours, depending on what uh, consistency you're going for. And then once that is that time has elapsed, what you can do is either turn the heat off in the oven and leave the tagine in there while you prepare, like the couscous or the rice or whatever. Or you can take it out of the oven and put it on a trivet on the countertop, and it will consider, continue like simmering away with the residual heat from the ceramics or like a cast iron Dutch oven or something like that for a considerable amount of time. And it takes about 20 minutes to make the couscous, not the couscous, I made quinoa, uh, 20 minutes to make the quinoa with the rest of that chicken stock. And in the time that you're cooking that, Your tagine will, it'll still be hot, but it'll come down from like a lively simmer to more of just like a stew. Okay. And then when it comes time to serve this, obviously you'll serve the meat and the uh, roasted carrots. On top of a bed of couscous or rice or quinoa or whatever, and then I set one of those oven-roasted onions next to it for a nice little sweet side dish, and it was fantastic. We just ate this with uh, with forks, but if you wanted to, you could go back in uh, whatever episode that was uh, a year and a half ago or or somewhere around there, and make some. Uh, you can make some naan bread or some pita or something like that, kind of like an unleavened flatbread to grab pieces of, of the grain and the, uh, the venison and the carrots and whatever and eat it that way and it is very good. But really that, that spice kit it's not its not like you're trying to mask the flavor, but it is. it really plays up the gamey flavor of things like goat, lamb, venison. And it's very complimentary while kind of masking, like, what species of animal am I actually eating here? It's very good, but it is kind of mysterious. And that can be wonderful if you're trying to hide venison in your family's meals. But, yeah, this is uh, really delicious. It smells incredible every step of the way. Uh, all these spices you know the cumin the paprika and everything uh, smells great it has it has a deceptive freshness to it you know putting, Whenever you put, stack all that meat in the tagine, I did the grated ginger right on top of there so that as this would cook and as that steam condenses and kind of rains back down onto the meat, it would go through that grated ginger and kind of get that fresh spicy ginger flavor kind of throughout everything, and that was really nice. And then whenever you take the top off there, um, you can serve right out of the tagine, um, but you'll have a lot of really flavorful broth at the bottom that you want to get up onto the top there somehow. So either with a spoon, kind of spoon that broth over the meat to kind of hydrate everything, make it glisten a little bit, or you can plate it out or into like a serving vessel, like a bowl or something like that, and get those get the carrots up on top, get the, the broth kind of simmered through everything, and it'll be really nice that way. Okay. So this, you know, if you, if you buy yourself a tagine, if whatever that anniversary is, is coming up and you're like, what am I supposed to buy? You know, I got to get something ceramic, consider a tagine. It's fun. It's fun. And you feel worldly and you feel like a, it's it's like a little cultural experiment to cook with something outside of your comfort zone. And a tagine is perfect for that. And they're cool. They have a really nice painted pattern on them. You can get them all beautiful colors and shapes and everything like that. It is really wonderful, and you should give that a shot. And if you don't want to do that, try the terracotta flower pot method because that is uh, remarkably effective in achieving the same thing. All right? So give it a shot in venison tagine this week on thecookingshow.fm. Talk to you guys later.